I shocked everybody, including myself. I can remember when I went to the station and I told them I was going to leave and not renew my contract. I couldn't believe those words were coming out of my mouth because the reason that you get into television weather, yeah, is to be the chief or to be the evening guy. Welcome to the No One Ever Told Me podcast where we talk about the things that no one ever tells you that you really need to know to be successful and to thrive in business and leadership. Today, my guest is Charlie Neese. Charlie is a Music City treasure, and if you've been around Nashville for more than a couple years, you might recognize him as the longtime meteorologist from CBS. But at the height of his career, Charlie left that profession to pursue something completely different. Today, we talk about the courage and conviction it takes to start over and to break into a whole new career. Charlie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Hey, man, I appreciate you asking me. Absolutely. You've had an excellent career in two completely different fields. you got to tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah, so uh, going way back when I was just a kid, I was nine years old um, here in Middle Tennessee growing up, saw a flash flood. That sparked an interest in severe weather that led me into a TV meteorologist career. And I did that for about 25 years. Um, and I loved it. I love. I still love weather. I love severe weather. I was the severe weather go-to guy at our station. Mm-hmm. Um, worked in West Tennessee, worked in Missouri, worked in Alabama, and then came back to Middle Tennessee in 1999 to work for our CBS affiliate here. Uh, was there uh, 16 years. And the challenge with working in television is that it's all, if you're on air, it's all shift work. Mm-hmm. It's uh, either mornings, your nights, or your weekends. And so I'd been doing weekends for 16 years at News Channel 5. Um, and that worked well for my family because I was on the air Saturday night and Sunday night. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had essentially a nine to five behind the scenes job. I was out speaking a lot where I was helping the chief meteorologist do graphics and forecasting. I filled in a lot to the morning show, night show, if, if those guys were off. But there came a point where... Uh, our chief meteorologist was retiring, and they were going to need somebody to step up to the Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night shift. Wow. And we had newscasts at 4, 5, 6, and 10. So the station came to me and talked to me about that. And uh, when I first got into the business, my chief meteorologist said, look, if you ever get the opportunity to be the chief or to have the evening shift during the week, Think about it hard because you're going to be gone every night when your family's at home eating dinner, when the kids are home doing homework, Mm. and you're going to see them for this brief window in the morning when everybody's getting ready. And then you're at home, they go off to work in school, and then you leave and go to work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They all come home, so you completely miss each other, and then you don't see them again until the next morning because you get home when everybody's in bed. So uh, that stuck in my brain. So when the station came to me and started to talk to me about doing that shift, I just really started to evaluate, do I want to be gone every night, Monday through Friday, away from my family? And, um, and I talked to my wife about it and came to the decision, didn't want to do that. Now, I thought maybe that time was going to be coming. And yeah. so about a year before that, I had gotten my real estate license, and I was doing real estate on the side a little okay. bit, just just part-time. 
and had had some success doing that. And so when that time came and they came to me about that night shift, I went to my wife and I said, what do you think if I do real estate full time? And she said, well, if that's going to allow you to be home with the family, I'd prefer that. And I said, I think I would too. So I shocked everybody, including myself. I can remember when I went to the station and I told them I was going to leave and not renew my contract. I couldn't believe those words were coming out of my mouth because the reason that you get into it's television weather, yeah, is to be the chief or to be the evening guy in the, or woman. City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. my gosh. It's not in like... And I worked with wonderful people, and it's a great station, yeah. one of the top-rated CBS stations in the country. Mm. And here I was turning down the opportunity to be on the, the main shift. Wow. And, um, but I just, and I felt like I was jumping off a cliff. I mean, I... I literally felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff. My toes were over the edge, and I was looking straight down, and there was no parachute. And I just remember feeling like I just tipped over and fell off. So um, I had to be strategic, though, because in real estate, it usually takes for new agents a couple of years to build their business to where they could do something financially stable. Mm -hmm. And about 70 to 80 percent of new agents are out of the business within two years because it takes so long to build. almost an 80 percent failure rate in two years in that job. Wow. So I knew I had to stack the odds in my favor. So for uh, the first couple of years, I actually partnered with another agent who was a high-producing agent. We were mm-hmm. actually the first house she ever sold back in 2009. Oh, that's awesome. Right at the peak of the craziness of the 2008 crash. Uh, she sold our house in 2009, and we developed a relationship, and we had known her from our church, too. Mm-hmm. And she, in that time, had gone on to become a real estate rock star. Wow. So six years later, when I'm leaving, uh, she and my wife kind of hatched this plan for me to, for us to partner together. And she would provide the leads and some stability mm-hmm. because I was the main breadwinner. And so I, ha- I couldn't go from the job that I was doing with a steady income and salary to zero and or take two years to build it where mm-hmm. I could support my family. So that worked out. We For two years, we partnered together, and we did some great real estate work, and we did over 100 deals in those two years, which wow. is really... That's great. So and, and in those two years, though, not only did that allow me some financial stability, that also exposed me to an incredible number of deals different types of clients, different types of negotiating tactics and how to hold stuff together when it starts to fall apart and how to identify really good deals and how to stay away from ones and advise clients. And Mm -hmm. so it it exposed me to so many because for a lot of agents to get to 100 deals, it can take several years. So I had this condensed learning experience Uh, and it's just a fire hose of information in those two years. And then after two years, we, we went our separate ways. And um, and so I've been on my own since then. And then last year, I had become one of the top producing agents in my company. Uh, the company came to me. We had a, a managing broker that left. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to be uh, the managing broker of our Williamson County office down in Franklin. And so that was a whole so new opportunity. So now it's opportunity. not just a, a production role. There's a leadership yes. component to it as well. That's right. Wow. So yeah. in this role... In our company, I still service my own, my own clients and have my own mm-hmm. business, but I'm also overseeing agents. And really, really, we set it up to where I'm an advisor to them. So I get calls from agents off and on all day long. Hey, 
here's the situation I'm in. How would you handle this? What's legal? What's not legal? You know, those kind of things. That's great. And, I there's so much in that. So we got to stop and unpack that story a little bit. So there's a couple things that pop up as key philosophy moments in these conversations. W- one is, as you go up, there are just things you have to give up. Everything on paper says I should go left. I'm going to go right. Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen? I think there were two things. Uh, number one was family. Family. Yeah. And that was the overarching number one reason that I pulled the trigger. And number two, I've always had an entrepreneurial bent to me. Even when I was working for the station, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had ventures on the side that I tried. Like one of them was I took and developed a severe weather safety program and would go out and speak at churches and to civic groups mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And we would invite the community in and, in, and I would go get sponsorships for that. And um, so I would serve the community, and, and that would also kind of help support that entrepreneurial bent, yeah. you know, feed that bent a little bit. Um, and, but nothing really developed into anything very big on the side. Um, but I've always had that really, really big interest in business. Like, I would say that out of my two professional passions, weather and business, th- those two were tops. And okay. so I'm actually getting to feed – I've had to – the opportunity to feed both in, in thankfully very blessed and successful ways. Now, do you still get called up to national news occasionally to do weather? Uh, I did. So I did up until this year and this year uh, I started turning down those opportunities because real estate had been, cause I had been doing some, uh, after I left, I got called to do some hurricane coverage mm-hmm. and some severe weather coverage for some of the national cable news networks. And, um, but like the last one that called me, they wanted me to get up at two o'clock in the morning and go to the studio at four o'clock and they would uplink me to New York. But I, that was on a full day of real estate work, too. Mm-hmm. And so I started turning those opportunities down um, most recently. So I'm not doing that right now. So, you know, the, the, the name of the show is the No One Ever Told Me podcast. Yeah. There's just some things that you you're not going to learn before the job starts. You just have to figure it out as you're, as you're working on it. So in these two wildly different careers, what were, what were the things that no one ever told you about working at a TV station, about being the weatherman? Uh, So it wasn't until I came to Nashville that I realized, because early on in my career, when I was working in Missouri, when I was working in Alabama, when I was working in West Tennessee, I was single. Nothing really interfered with me working late nights. I mean, it was regular. I would get home at two o'clock in the morning after a night shift working severe weather and it didn't affect anybody, you know, but me. Just you. And uh, and so then got married. I met my wife, Eve, in Missouri. She was a reporter. uh, And then we moved here, had our son, Gentry, and then later our daughter, O'Hara. And when when we moved back to Nashville and Ron sat down my chief meteorologist sat down and said if you ever get that opportunity think about it i'm like wow i never thought about it because you get into the business to be the 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 lead person yeah Yeah. so um and then it just became apparent as time went on uh i really really have to think about what am i going to do if i ever get that opportunity Hmm. um and that became more and more important so i never thought that i would turn down the opportunity once it came Never. <laughs> so that was a shock. Um, but I'm glad I did because it's yeah. been that my my son played football for our local high school team. I never missed a game. If I had stayed at the station, I would have been on air during those yeah. games on Friday you nights. missed all of them. Yeah. And, and now he plays football 
at a college in Alabama, yeah. and I haven't missed a game, uh, you know. Gosh. And it, it's funny because I've worked a lot harder in real estate mm-hmm. than I did in weather. Because sure. weather I could do with my hand tied behind my back. I mean, I've been doing it for so you long. Built a competency. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was a lot. It was almost akin to muscle memory. You know, yeah. I, it just I could do it. I, I there were days that I could walk in that I would walk into the studio. Maybe I was out speaking, and then I would come back it's 30 minutes before we go on the air and within 30 minutes i could get dressed get ready to be on the air do my graphics and be on yep um in real estate i had to learn everything from scratch and so i have worked a lot harder in real estate so let's let's talk about that what's something no one ever told you about the real estate business is it that there's just a level of hustle that's required in the the early years to really get successful yeah the the longer that i've been in it the the most successful agents are the ones who treat it like a business because in real estate number one you're an independent contractor no matter where you are if you're an agent or Mm -hmm. affiliate agent or a broker you're you're completely independent. The brokerage is overseeing... You are the CEO of making, Charlie Neeson That's Industries. exactly right. And so you're responsible for your insurance. You're responsible for your retirement. You're responsible for making sure... I mean, you have to become a, your own CPA because now you're in charge of everything. Nobody's putting money away for you in a 401k and matching it automatically. Mm-hmm. And um, nobody's ha- giving all these insurance uh, seminars and tr- <laughs> help, helping you pick. So it's all up to you. Yeah. Um, and it's the ones who treat it like a business, like they're the mm-hmm. CEO. They're the ones that and, – and, I mean, they get up, they get dressed, they go into the office. They don't, they don't treat it like, hey, I can just do it whenever I want to. I can get dressed whenever I want to, only if I'm going out to appointment. They're doing it on a regular basis just like it, as if it were a salary job. How have you responded to that pressure that feels a little bit more entrepreneurial, like the kind of the, the courage it takes to get up and leave the cave every day and yeah. kill something and bring it back? You know, for me, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I've lived on, going on six years, I've lived on 100% commission wow. and have done financially much better than I, than I ever did in TV. Hmm. Uh, so part of that drives me. Um, but... It's it's been a really really fun, fast-paced, incredible ride where I've met some amazing people. My clients have been incredible. I mean, the the number of clients that I've had and the clients that I've had have just been amazing to work with and I've been really blessed in that way too. Um when I knew that I was going to be leaving, the number one thing I wanted to do was set myself up with education. I wanted to know like when you do real estate classes, they're teaching you the legal stuff, how to you know not get sued. But when it came time to learn how to market, how to manage my business, how to get customers, everything from getting customers to doing open houses, you know, successful, I I ordered I think immediately ten books off of Amazon, mm-hmm. and I just spent six months before getting my license just pouring over those books pre-work yeah yeah and i also made it a point to contact people that i felt had been the most successful in the business and for me a benchmark was if you were an agent before 2008 the real estate massive real estate crash in 2008 um and you were an agent before that and you made it through that period and were successful now there was something special about you. Yeah. So I good. just reached out to those agents and I said, "How did you do it? 
How did you make it through? How did you adjust? What was your mindset? And I did the same thing you're doing. I just talked to people to find out how did you do it. So there's the leverage points as you made a career change after 25 years in one profession was I'm going to educate myself before I step into it, Mm -hmm. right? And then I'm going to leverage relationships to find out what they know that I don't know Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you just jumped into, you know, blind. I'm going to go in this and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. You had a pretty decent knowledge base of what to expect as you made that transition. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. What's changed about um, on, with the broker role, with the leadership role, you're giving advice. Is there a mentorship aspect to that? Do you enjoy kind of helping develop mm-hmm. those younger and newer mm-hmm. realtors? Mm-hmm. And One of the great things, because I've done so many deals, and, and listen, every deal is different, and you learn something new on every single sure. deal that you do. Having new agents come to me kind of with that wide-eyed look and being able to kind of share with them some of the things that helped me along the way to kind of jumpstart my business compared to maybe some other agents or, or if I had not taken those steps. Mm-hmm. and then seeing it work, th- that's awesome. Because uh, I've always enjoyed mentoring. I've always in- enjoyed leaning in and helping people. I tried to do that while I was a, a TV meteorologist. I mm-hmm. loved helping interns and then following them as they, and they, as they yeah, went along. that's great. And, and one of the biggest pieces of advice that, that I do think is key to everybody, anybody wanting to start something new, uh, number one is, is educate yourself. Number two, talk to people who have done it. Yeah. F- let them kind of help you weed out some of their mistakes so that you don't make the same mistakes and kind of shortcut you yeah. to, to success. That is invaluable, and, and people don't do that enough. Mm-hmm. And, and then number three, when you take a risk, because uh, it's highly risky, make it ca- a calculated risk. Mm. And for me, that was deciding there's no way that I can go and just do this by myself. I needed a partner, somebody willing to kind of take me on as their partner. And it worked perfectly because the, the agent that I partnered with, she focused in on an area that where I grew up. And okay. so that she she liked the fact that I had a recognizable face that could mm-hmm. help her business and the fact that I knew that area so exceedingly well because yeah. I had grown up there and I had connections there. So it was just a natural fit that really, really mm-hmm. took off. And we ended up being the top performing team in that area for two years. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Power couple. Um. <laughs> You're right, right. But you got but, – but, seek out those who have already done yeah. what you want to do. That's great. So this wasn't really on my schedule question, so forgive me if this is kind of left field. Are there any lessons you learned from media and TV that you take into your new occupation or anything you would yes. do? Yes. So one thing, so in real estate, again, because 70 to 80% of agents are out within two years because they don't, they don't treat it like a business, mm-hmm. they don't work it every day, and they don't do anything to make themselves stand out. Um, I, I knew that I had to come up with something that was going to kind of give me an edge. Uh, so what I did was if – so I'm with Zeitlin Sotheby's International Realty. And in Nashville, it's one of the top firms for luxury properties. We do, we do all price ranges. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also do a certain level of luxury properties. And um, what's the price range on a luxury property in Nashville? Is that like over a million? Yeah, it's pretty much over a million. Okay. Um, so if I'm doing any property, mm-hmm. I offer to do a guided tour video. 
And a guided tour video is my version of like an HGTV style guided tour. Because on an MLS listing or in a listing on Zillow or Truly or wherever it is, there are only so many words that you can put on and in, in describe that house. And you can put pictures and you can put these silent or, or videos that they put to music where you're kind of flying through the house or around the property. But every house has a story. Oh, that's great. And so, number one, I want to get to know the property very, very well, intimately. Mm-hmm. Well, what makes it special? What's the history of the property? What makes it different? How? What are some of the moments your family has loved most living in this home? Um, and then I like to take those stories and turn them into these videos where I'm able to share a lot more information on that property than just reading an MLS listing or a, a it's listing. It's the difference between telling and showing, Yes, right? yes, yes. That's so good. And so and your it, media background gave you a total yes. leg up to be able to produce that kind of content. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for joining us on the No One Ever Told Me podcast. Thanks for your story, your encouragement, and uh, how well you have served the city of Nashville in two really cool occupations. Well, thanks so much, Matt. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Dang, I can't imagine the courage it takes to walk away from your childhood dream job. But it was so great to hear that you can finish well and strategically take steps towards your next chapter and succeed again. Thanks again for joining us on the No One Ever Told Me podcast. Please share and subscribe and make sure you join me for our next episode.